What's up, everyone? Jeff Himes here with uh, Baseball Rants. Uh, I go by 4-4s. My co-host here, Coach at Coach Kilgore 9. Jeremy, what's up, man? What's going on, Jeff? uh, Another uh, kind of a slower week feel for us, but there is some excitement going on. Uh, Spring training's here. Game started Friday. Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) heck, today I saw uh, Gary Sanchez hit a home run over the uh, Steinbrenner Field uh, scoreboard. Uh, straight mashed it. Straight mashed it is an understatement. That oh, thing's yeah. in orbit. Uh, good God, that thing flew a flipping co- country mile. Not to not to go uh, on a on a rabbit uh, chase here, but I speaking of Jer- uh, Gary Sanchez, I like how he's the underdog for that Yankees team compared to Stanton and a Judge. I like him in that role because he. I think the pressure's off him. He's now. a giant douchebag. You don't like him? No. I think no. I, I just he's I, defensively one of the poorest catchers in the league. He he can mash, but no. I mean, we're jumping right into this, huh? Let's let's go right into um, it. Uh, today's show is going to be exciting, and uh, we've got a couple uh, things going here today. One of which uh, we're going to get into an argument later, obviously, because we seem to do that every week. Oh yeah. Uh, AL versus NL, DH no DH. That's going to be our uh, probably one of our main segments because spring training. It's a slow time in baseball in a lot of aspects besides a few free agent shinings, so we're going to talk about those, uh, talk about a few other you know minor things here and there, but we're really going to probably sit a lot on that uh, DH, non-DH thing. Yeah, and, uh, which, I mean, I think it's cool. For me, I, I'm excited the spring training's here, but I'm not changing my schedule to watch spring training game. If one's on when I'm home, I'll watch it. Um, I just really... What I use it the most as is to gauge injuries. I mean, you just absolutely. That's only, I mean, you just don't want you know one of your big names to go get injured. So that's what I use spring training for mostly. And I like that spring training. Some guys, I think, some more advanced guys in the league, Josh Donaldsons of the world, they work on things. Oh yeah, I the, mean, spring training's used for one reason, one reason only. I saw uh, 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 Joey Votto was talking to one of the guys on there and. Eric Burns, I think, and he tried to go to he tried to like hit uh, a pitch to like what he uh, uh, left center gap off a certain you know he didn't he didn't uh, he didn't uh, accomplish, accomplish it, it just but just like that they I mean you know, that's Votto that's, segment though did you watch that segment I did fantastic segment it, it one of those guys he's very dry when he comes across but I think people probably tend to like him I I do I mean and and you know his numbers aren't going to be Sorry, I got ahead of myself there. His numbers prove that he is a hitter. I mean, he's a perf- Joey Votto is a as as a the most professional hitter I've seen in a long time. He is the Ted Williams of our time. Yeah, by far. Yeah, by far of our time. Yeah. So, and it's not just batting average because that dude gets on base all on the time. base. Does everything? Hits the ball with power to the gaps on you know Oppo Field. He. Really does it all at the plates. Do you, uh, so I'm spoiled watching him. Right, and and just listening to him talk, like I could see him, you know, whenever the day he's done, I could see him getting into a hitting coach role. Absolutely. I mean, if not a manager, but I could see him jumping in as a hitting coach and really helping out a ball club. Well, you know, my hope, talking about manager, I think Brian Price for the Reds. I'm going to be a Reds homer for a minute. Okay. I'm allowed to. Yeah. Brian Price is a piss poor man. Yeah, I, I yeah. He is not good. I don't like his pitching changes, I really think. Um but what I really would like to see and Larkin talked about it the other day. That guy's my childhood hero. Oh well yeah. And Barry Larkin was everything. First thirty for thirty shortstop, knows the game, he's he's a rove rove or rotating instructor right now. That guy, I want him to be the manager. He wants to be the manager. I think 
I would try to get him to be the manager next for the Reds. I think he takes him over the top by far because he is just next level in my mind. Like, he yeah. is on the you pedestal. Think, you think that uh, that he can translate over, though? I mean, I know obviously a Hall of Fame player. I don't know as much about, you know, obviously you're more a little bit more in-depth with, with the coaching side as a uh, – as you say, he's an instructor, but uh, I mean, what what about him goes? That guy's a manager, in my opinion. Uh, uh, I want. Well, I'll take it deeper. What to you says I want him as my team's next manager? Well, obviously, he's born, bred Cincinnati, and that's where he died. You know, that's where he goes. But I think that defensively, he was a three-time Gold Glover. He was a thirty for thirty Silver Slugger multiple times. He he really changed. I mean, he he took it a step further with with power, with speed, with defensive ability. Really being a five tool player as a shortstop, I think he translates because he he is uh, been an instructor now. He did the World Baseball Classic. He sure. was a manager for that, and I think guys just commonly know in that organization, Ham or not Hamilton. Um, he's worked with Hamilton some. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think he's the guy though that they're going. Hey, this guy knows it. He preaches. He practices what he preached, and I. He still looks like he go out and pick it at fifty years old. Oh, absolutely. I'm. I'm gonna ask you another question. I uh, pull up the managers and coaches here. Um, what's your thoughts on uh, on uh, Billy Hatcher? I love Billy. Do you, Billy Hatcher? All right. You you got a big smirk, obviously, <laughs> right now. Billy Hatcher. You don't know this, probably. You might. What year were you born? 1990. Okay, in 1990, who won the World Series? I'm going to wild guess and say the Cincinnati Reds. The Cincinnati Reds. And Billy Hatcher holds the World Series record for most consecutive times, I believe, that he got or straight hits with six or seven straight at-bats. He got hit. Then he got hit and broke his hand and was out for the series. Huh. Then Eric Davis slid over from left over to center and got hurt when they went to Oakland. But, so they were really thin there at the end, but they ended up sweeping Oakland, who was the you know the powerhouse sure. that nobody could beat. But this is gonna make me sound kind of dumb. What's what's his nickname over there? Don't, don't they know. call him like the? Uh, uh, I don't know. I heard it on the show one time. I I'm sure that if you reminded me, I would think of it. But yeah, I don't know. But Hatch is what I think most people call Hatch. him. Hatch. But yeah. Uh, so I really like him. He's moved over from first base to third base. I think he's a guy that'll be in the Reds organization as long as uh, he really wants to be. I think he's kind of put tenure there. Yeah, I mean. But it, let me let me go a step further with the Reds for a second. Okay. And I don't normally do this. I'm not going to do this often. The 2012 Reds won 97 games. Okay. You ready to be shocked? Uh, always. The 2017 Reds scored more runs than the 2012 Reds. Last year they won like 64, 68 games. I can't remember off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. You know what that tells me? They no, get any no. semblance of pitching, they're a surprise team. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't really argue, know, argue the, that. Yeah, they, they've got Votto. They've got Duvall, who, who's got some pop. I yep. don't really like it, uh, but they've got a few young guys I'd like to see get in there. and. Uh, they have a gold glove catcher, Tucker Barnhart. Tucker Barnhart. And uh, somebody wrote he was an underrated catcher. And I went, I don't. I, I guess MLB Network didn't put him in the top ten, and the Shredder didn't. But I think offensively, oh. that's probably because why. But he, I mean, he's top three or four defensive catcher in the league. Yeah, so, I don't know. A lot of excitement there for the Reds. Obviously, I wanted to go home or for a few minutes. Not, for not you, a though, but uh, not a problem. You know, uh, we were talking earlier, and JD Martinez finally signed. Six finally. days later, seven days later, yep. whatever, like a week, yeah, uh, almost a week later. I think it was six days later. 
and he finally signs, and it sounds like uh, it was a health-related issue. Yeah, what I saw, there was just some, uh, they couldn't agree on some wording in uh, in his contract, which which I heard was not, was injury-related, and I know he held out a little bit. I heard he had an injured foot. His camp is saying that he was healthy, so they were trying to, you know, get wording right, but I heard the wording um, in the contract as far as, like, incentives and stuff is not for the first year. It's for the second and third year, which at 30 years old, the Red Sox are smart to put that in, and I don't think, you know, Boris and uh, J.D. Martinez were thrilled about it, but at some point, I mean... You got to sign to play baseball. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, uh... Who else signed today? Uh, um, Royals. Royals got a sign today. Uh, Lucas Duda. Duda. One year deal. I saw that. Which he, I, it's not my opinion. He's not going to replace Eric Hosmer, but um, at I least agree. someone there that's going to be kind of close. Yeah, I think the guys that you're looking for are so or uh, not Soto uh, catcher. I thought who. Who's the catcher that I was talking to you about earlier? There was a catcher that I said, why isn't no, and anybody's Oh, fine. Lucroy. Oh, yeah, yeah Jonathan, Jonathan Lucroy. Lucroy yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even remember. <laughs> I totally brain farted there, but I, I'm not really surprised that he hasn't signed. You know, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think Lucroy really rubbed me the wrong way. when With the Indians? When two years ago when he uh, 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 vetoed his trade, he had a no-trade clause to so go to the Indians – his uh, explanation was Jan Gomes was coming back and he didn't want to be a backup. To me, that's saying that he doesn't want to fight for a position, which as a veteran as he is, I get it. But I think that right there kind of... You know what? The Lucroy would have been in that lineup for the Indians. Oh, yeah. Over Gomes. Yeah. Gomes, better defensive. Yeah. Jan's got a cannon. Yeah. But you can't hit 220. Right. You just can't. You look. He was a part-time. They split almost 50-50 last year, the catching there. Yeah. In Cleveland. So, yep. Um, really not shocked. And, and Cleveland signed Napoli yep. for a one-year, I think, $1.5 million. I think that's a really user-friendly. That's the pinch hitter that Indians were missing in the uh, World Series. Yeah. Because yeah. he was playing then for them. But now yep. they got Easy at uh, as the DH there. Yep. So, and they've... Uh, they got Yonder Alonso down at first base, yep, so yep. I think that that was a great sign by the Indians. I think as they needed bench help. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I you know going, and I think it kind of plays off that Carlos Santana went over to Philly. Yes. Um, you know he'll get at bats that uh, Santana would have gotten. So yeah, good signing. Good yeah, signing. Absolutely. So uh, I don't know the signings at this rate. You're kind of waiting on the, the three or four guys that we've we've sit and hammered into the oh, yeah. the fence the last couple of weeks. Yep. So, uh, really not much else on that aspect for us today. We're not going to sit here. Uh, we did get a couple phone calls though last week. Really exciting. Uh, with the transfer of the platform, we're going to try to figure it out, out over the next couple of days. So, we're not going to play them today unless you figured it out and I didn't. Um, yeah. I, yeah. You know what? It's uh, um, Coach B. Walk yep. um, from California, actually, a former college player just like us and um uh, you know what let me just jump right in and we'll play the calls oh we'll, you figured it out nice. well, i figured it out i'll play the calls and uh we'll we'll take a few minutes talk about it and then we'll move on yeah perfect jeremy and jeff what's going on guys coach walk from the coach b walk show uh i wanted to call in because you guys got me just fired up after your uh your segments earlier today 
Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to start, guys. Um, Major League Baseball needs to, like, check themselves because, uh, like, like, you, like you guys said, like, they are, they are catering to, like, this passive fan who wants everything right now and doesn't understand baseball at all. And it's driving me insane. Like, they're, they're trying to cater to the NFL fan when it's ridiculous. Like, baseball is not football. Baseball does not need a time clock, a shot clock, a pitch clock, or a hit clock. I'm going to continue. I really wish Harper, uh, Bryce Harper, was uh, in those meetings with Manfred when he asked, how, we, how do we speed up this game? Uh, Harper should have responded with, that's a clown question, bro, because it's a joke. Manfred is a joke. Tory, I'm so disappointed in Joe Tory. I am, I'm a Dodger fan through and through, and I was pumped when Tory came over. And you know what? I mean, he – I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of indifferent on his time in L.A. Uh, I'm happy with Roberts, really happy with Roberts. But I, he just – like, he should know. I mean, he came from the, the Yankees for Pete's sake. Like, if if there was a – if there were these rules when he was with the Yankees, he would have lost his shit. Like, it's it's just – it's insane. Uh, I'm going to keep going in the next call, guys. All right, last call, guys. So just like you, I'm a huge baseball fan. I absolutely love the game. I think it's the most perfect game there is. And when people start screwing with it, I just get pissed, and especially when it comes at the highest level. So I've, I've played this game since, you know, I was, you know, old enough to stand and throw a ball and played college baseball. I've coached. Uh, college baseball here in junior at the junior college level in California. And I've, I've seen some good talented uh, young players, but I just, ha, when, when you start messing with the game and it drives me nuts when umpires do this and umpires do this all the time, they insert themselves into the game to make it about them. I kind of get the feeling that the MLB is doing that and it, it's driving me up the wall. So I appreciate it. Thanks for the time guys. Love the content and uh, love to talk with you guys soon. Appreciate it. Coach B-Walk, thanks for the uh, exciting calls. we got our man in California now, so uh, we'll be uh, tuning in. Jeff and I definitely will. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, you brought up a couple of really good points there, and I think you hammered our points that uh, Manfred is a clown. Pace of play is not anything that we care about. No. And what really you got into what, what were the umpires. And what what that means for the change of the game? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, going off his point, I think that uh, you know, uh, umpires that do insert themselves are, uh, like you said, it's not about them. And I I feel the same way about uh, the um, the front office. I think you know, Manfred and his gap tooth want to be all over want to be out in front of this this awesome group of young guys that we have uh, coming up and in the game. And it, it's not about Manfred. I or his gap too. Or his gap. I'm not paying my money to go watch Manfred and his gap tooth and his clown nose on. I'm paying to watch, uh, you know, Anthony Rizzo hit home runs. I'm paying to watch Francisco Lindor just be a freaking glovesman. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm there for. And what it goes back to is this is not a social aspect. This is not, you know, 
baseball's doing just fine. We don't need it to be the NFL. No. We don't need it to be the shot clock with the NBA, the 20 seconds or 28, 24 second shot clock to get more points. Baseball doesn't need this. You know why baseball is one of the greatest sports? Is uh, an old quote is, you know, you go from scratching your head, not knowing what's going on, to the biggest excitement in, in seconds. Yeah. You know, in, in it, 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 why I love baseball so much is you have to go game seven of the World Series, Cubs are up two going into that inning, and the, the Cubs still have to throw the ball over the plate. They still have there, to get. There's no draining the clock. They still have to get batters out. They still have to say, "Here's my best stuff as a pitcher. I'm I'm going to get you out." And it got close. That's what makes it exciting. Yeah. And not, not, uh, you know, limiting. You know, in. <clears throat> Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Take a deep <laughs> breath and go. All right. <laughs> that that's why this game, like Coach B. Walk said, is is so perfect because you you have to compete. From pitch one to pitch the, the last to the last out, all twenty-seven outs. You got to compete. You you got to you, because you could be up ten and you can't just kneel the ball. No, you can't just run uh, run Iowa, if you will, <laughs> high school basketball. Yeah, where you just run around and pass it. You can't do that. You can't foul someone. You got to you got to throw it over the the little white the little white home plate that we have. Eighteen inches never changes. You got to throw it over that still. And 18 inches doesn't change from the time you're five until you're dead. Nope. That's why this game is so awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, Coach B-Walk, you know, like I said, I, we appreciate you calling in, and, and I, I'm sure we'll be in contact. And, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, Coach B, a little background on him, also a, a, former, a former college player, uh, coach at the junior, co- junior college level, like he said, in California. Uh a uh, uh, a side note about Coach B Walk. I found out through listening to his channel. He was uh, an Alderson Broadus player. Really? So he uh, he had mentioned in there that it had been some years ago. I had I had reached out to him to see if it was uh, if Coach Billy Barr was his coach over there. I'm not sure uh, if he was uh, coach of all. I he was a coach of mine. Um, he was a coach that I coached with. Coached uh, with. Yep. He was a. Uh, a a coach that came in well, my final season. Yep. And, didn't uh, recruit me to go to that school. So, yeah, just a little I didn't fun. Didn't recruit him to come coach with me either. No, so we'll no. we'll call that what it is. Yep. But uh, we'll move on from there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we 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 got an article. Yep. You tagged me in on Twitter. Yep. Uh, about the profit shares and uh, yeah, the the grievance from the, the grievance. players union. Yep. The players to... union goes at the Rays, the Pirates. The, the athletics and, the, and Marlins. the Marlins. Yep. About not spending their money. I understand both sides of this. Jeff, yeah. why don't you take it from the business side, and I'll, uh, I'll take it from the fan slash player side. Sure. Uh, you know, a business aspect. They're in a market much like uh, Pepsi, Coke, uh, or uh, uh, Nike, Puma, Adidas. You know, any of these. No, you're not going to tell me that I have to spend money. I understand. The Rays are getting forty-eight million from the revenue sharing this year. I understand that, but if you're going to file a grievance from the players' union and Tony Clark, which you know, say what you will about that, what I'm what I'm talking about is cut the revenue sharing. Then, if if it has to go to an arbiter or something like that to to distinguish how much they get, so be it. But something's got to be done because I can promise you that uh, 
they're the Rays or the A's or any of these are they're making money from from anything from from uh, from field rights, uh, uh, naming rights of the field, to Budweiser to uh, you know whatever it is they're making money. So there's more than one way to make money there. Yeah, and so they need to figure it out one way or another. So I get that. I get that side of it. But I also get that as a fan, if I go to the game and I'm paying seven or eight dollars, nine dollars for a beer, and I drink four or five beers, not saying me personally, but I'm sure. saying in general, uh, if that's the case, then I think that I should be seeing going to see a quality product, or I shouldn't have to pay to watch crap. I'll go get to minor league stadiums and pay $4 for a beer and take my whole family for $10 or $12 tickets instead of $50 to sit down low or $80 or whatever it is at whatever stadium. So I think that that's got to be a part of it as a fan. As a player, I'm going, I want to win. You don't play just for money always. You play to win. Now, money's not bad by any stretch. Making, making $2.9 million. Uh, Real Muto, not bad money, but no. but a terrible situ, terrible, like that's a cancer that that feels like a like a cancerous that's when workplace you, right yeah now. exactly where I was gonna say that feels like you're going to a job that you go this isn't what I want to do right this isn't where I need to be that I'm not getting using my talents and some people float like through life like that we get that right but I would rather find something that I like even if I'm paid a little less money. And, but you know what? I feel like I'm kicking butt or I'm contributing at the end of the day to something that matters. Don't you think Romuto would love to go to a catcher needy team? Oh, Don't absolutely. you think that the Brewers would love to have Romuto? Oh, yeah. Right now? Oh, yeah. A team that wants to compete? Absolutely. So I think that's part of it there. So I, as a player, I'm, I'm mad. I get it. But I get the business side of it, too. It's not something that I'm like, oh, that's 100%. Yes, this way, that way. It's... That's what it is. Yep. So uh, we we could sit and talk about the business aspect of it, but that's not really what we love to do. Right. I want to argue with you because I know you think different than I do about the NL versus the AL. DH on both leagues, no DH, keep it as is. It do, Is it coming to the NL? If so, when? All that stuff. Coach Himes. Or Coach Himes. Used yeah, Coach used to be the high school coach. Fours, what do you got for me? I think uh, a DH in both leagues. I think the DH needs to go to the National League as soon as possible. You want to get fans. You want to bring these fans in. I understand it's one position, but you want to bring fans in, you bring in a hitter. You bring in, uh, uh, you let Justin Bohr DH so he doesn't have to play first base. You let Schwarber DH so he doesn't have to be in the outfield or not play at all. That's my opinion. The DH, Edgar Martinez in the DH, the DH should be in Cooperstown. Absolutely. It, it's a position. And, you know, why, why are we letting high school and college use DHs whenever they want, but we're limiting, we're making pitchers that are making $200 million a year bat 091. And, and because go, they got arms like a god. They got lightning bolts on their arms and something comes out at 100 miles an hour. Right. That's so, why. So why should they have to hit against 100 miles an hour? Because it, going deeper, going deeper, Jeremy, 2005 uh, playoffs, the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, you can't tell me differently, were in, intentionally hit Jake Arrieta. 
2015, not 2005, but Did I say 2005? Yes. I got it so worked out. I was graduating high school in 2005. 2015, excuse me. Um, pitchers don't need to be up there against these... Because name one, name one reliever that throws under ninety five right now. Still scratching my head. Here, exactly. Buddy. So there's, they should not be in the batter's box. And that's why you'll see some of those records never be broken too, is because there's so many relief pitchers and blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. But that's a different story. So my opinion, DH, both leagues, bring some, bring some excitement to both leagues. Bring a hitter out that you know. I don't know if this is going to, you know, bite me later, but may not be that great in the field. Let him hit. Let him hit 50 home runs. Oh. All right. You know why the DH came in about, Jeff? Uh, to bring excitement and score runs. Yeah, absolutely. Because the AL was doing way behind the NL for a long time in that. So in 1973, they changed the rule. Okay. I bet you didn't know that. Did not. I believe it was April. I think, didn't the, didn't the A's have the first DH? I don't remember. I've ate and slept since then. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't even alive, so I don't, I'm not sure who had the first DH, but I know that that was part of it. And so they tried to bring some excitement. Well, the excitement doesn't need to be there. You know why? Because we now have social media, and we now have TV with the revenue sharing and blah, 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 blah. So you look at it that way, there doesn't need to be the excitement in the ballpark per se. So why not make nine guys that play, nine guys that are, are that hit? Or if you're going to do that, well, I've got two, I got, you know, there's seven second basemen in the minor leagues that can pick it probably close to gold glove caliber that aren't going to be in the lineup. Right, so DH him. So DH a second baseman? No, that's exactly what I'm saying. Why even? No, yeah. put him in the DH spot. A second baseman. You gonna tell me Scooter Jeanette can't DH on any team in, in the? I'm saying let, let's say this guy picks it. Who's a gr- Darwin Barney? Who? Oh, you're saying someone DH for Darwin Barney? Yeah. So why not have four DHs? Hey, you know, uh, Billy Hamilton can go pick it, but good God, he can't touch the baseball when he's in the box. Let him go play center field, and we'll find a DH for him, and then. Maybe for the DH, we'll go to NAIA, you know, whatever made-up rules NAIA comes up with this year. And they'll run out there, and Billy goes and pinch runs for the guy that gets on for him. Then he's the And new... then go play second base. No, or, or go play center field. He's the new DH if he DHs for the guy running. Exactly. What I'm saying is you're making Mickey Mouse rules here. <laughs> um, to clarify what I said earlier, the A's owner, Charlie O'Finley, proposed it, the DH. Okay. 1973... Um, Ron Bloomberg of the Yankees was the first ever DH. Okay, so it just was to, April. Yep. It was April. Just to uh, just to uh, clear that up. So. Okay, yeah, no, that's a tidbit of history, history of baseball with Jeff. Yep. Okay, well, okay, do you have a soothing voice that'll put us to sleep too after the uh, <laughs> first pitcher that ever pitched against a DH was right-handed pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, Louis Tiant. Louis Tiant, nice, yeah. nice tidbit of history. Yeah. Useless knowledge. Let's go to the bar and, and we'll use that bar. And um, the first plate appearance didn't count as in that bat. Got hit. Four pitch walk, or maybe not a four pitch, but a walk. Yep. It, I, I, I was going. The walk was too easy to yeah. think about. So, <laughs> yep. uh, no. But I, I just think that you, if you're one of the top nine players that day, especially the starting pitching, 
And that's what makes a bench go deeper. That's why a bench can go deeper. So I think because they talked about expanding benches eventually as well in in the game. If you're going to go DH for both leagues, there's no need to. Not by any stretch. Well, I think you'd have to if you put it on both because then you're going to have more double switches, more pitching changes because of the pitcher coming up if you don't if you don't double switch. Yeah, so, so that's you'd why have, you to carry, you'd have, have to carry more pitchers and yeah. maybe one or two more position players. Well, then you're going to get into the pace of play crap. Yep. So, DH in both leagues. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can buy in on that. Yeah. I, I think that I could stay as a traditionalist, say, let's keep it as is. And let's, you know, when you get a Madison Bumgarner that can go in and can be a pinch hitter. Then... You, but you could still have them the option to hit if you want. Nobody's going to do that. So far. Except the Angels. Which, that was such a garbage start the other day. Uh, oh, for uh, Otani? Otani, yeah. I couldn't even think of it. But, yeah, Otani was garbage in this I think start. his first at-bat, he got blown away, too. Oh, look... He's got a long swing, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you leave him something over the heart of the plate. I'd be, I'd be interested to see how that UCL is holding up too. I know he had that arm. He has the issue, but yeah. it's. Does he go just to a full time DH maybe this year? Maybe. Does he go to a full time pitch? I mean, we'll see. Maybe, maybe two way. Um, I don't see that. So, so yeah, I mean that you know, good little good. I, I want to get you route up here on another thing. Oh, here we go, my boy. Big game Timmy Jim, Tim Lincecum, signs with the Rangers one year. Two, uh, bullpen guy, I'm hearing that he's locking up the closer spot. I love it. The closer spot's wide open there. They don't have a closer. Right. What do you have to lose with Lincecum? It's an incentive-laced deal. It's not that much. Um, I, I like the idea of it. I like the idea a lot more that he's going to the bullpen. Yeah, yeah. Because as a starter, he just can't do – you can't do that herk and jerk crap for long times. No. He, he had a great four-run stretch, year stretch like we talked about. But in the end, this guy, he's made for the bullpen for the rest of his career. You think he's a Hall of Famer. I do. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer because he had four dominant years and then averaged the rest of his career. At best, average. So – I think that for him to be in the Hall of Fame, he needs three good seasons. I think he's 30 years old. Mm -hmm. He needs three, maybe four good, solid seasons in the bullpen. Yeah, and I think think one thing for him that would really benefit going off of your um, just mechanics, if he would go stretch full-time. Absolutely. But, But I know, you know, going off that too, if you've watched him pitch at all, at some point, He's gonna dislocate his front hip. Have you? If you how how yeah. wide he is and how how much force torque he puts on it. Yeah. I mean, which he's had to do, you know, just frame, you know, build wise. Yeah. But I, I like it. I think their last closer there was Matt Bush, who was drafted by the the Fort Wayne Wizards at the time. Was a shortstop and then like got arrested and was like into drugs and stuff and then yeah. came back. I think he was the one that uh, hit uh, Batista. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Started it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Batista ended up getting hit really a lot better at second oh, base yeah. there. But, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I forgot that tidbit that he uh, he got arrested and all that. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he was, was out of baseball shortstop. for a while. Yeah. yeah, for I think three years. Yeah, high pick too, if yeah. I remember right. Uh, first or second round. Yeah, something so like that. So he was pretty high pick. But, yeah, no. Uh, let's come. Man, you just love thinking he's this Hall of Fame player. I, he's not. He, he. 
he had four real dominant years. Okay. My, my opinion. But I had told you kind of off air here. Um, I, I don't. I'm not naive enough to compare him to Sandy Koufax. But look at Sandy Koufax's first six years. He was not very good. How old was Sandy when he came in the league, though? Uh, <laughs> That's a great question. I didn't prepare you, you know. Right, but, I mean, you look at – I don't even – he didn't even have a winning record until the later six years. And then he went on four, four or five real dominant years there. And, I, like I said, I'm not going to – I'm not trying to compare Tim Lincecum to Sandy Koufax because – you're, you're comparing career type of path. You're not saying stats or, you know, one guy was this much better than the other. No, I get that. Right. But Sandy, you're, you're Sandy, saying the similar facts of how the careers ran. Right. Sandy Koufax had 165 career wins, Jeremy. 87 losses. 2.76 ERA. A, a ton of strikeouts. 2,300. So, you obviously, he was striking – you know, striking uh, – um, um, batters out, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, for for re, you know he was he was a, 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 a an MVP and a Cy Young the first year, and World Series MVP, Triple Crown. So yes, I he, Sandy Koufax clearly deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. All I'm saying is is I don't think. Let me phrase this: the way that I see voting now, Tim Lincecum won't get in. But if Tim Lincecum was Tim Lincecum ten years ago, he would have got in. Okay. There's a few things that you said there, and I'm going to go on my rabbit trail for you. The voting for the Hall of Fame is a complete and utter joke at this point. Oh, it's, yeah, it's terrible. It's the worst in all professional sports. Yeah, because it, it, I blame it completely on the uh, MLB writers. Absolutely. The MLB writers are, are, are ancient, and, and half of them don't even vote for anyone. Oh, when that got turned in this year for zero, somebody needs to squarely. Whoever yeah. find that is, I don't care if it's an 85-year-old man. Yeah. Somebody needs to take care and be like, you're an idiot, smack him around, whatever you got to do. That's stupidity. And you know what? I'm not going to read about yesterday's news when I have Twitter telling me what today's news oh, is. Oh, yeah. I, I just think if you so have— So get him out of there. It, Change the whole philosophy. I think guys that used to are in the Hall of Fame should get a vote. Yeah. And I think there should be some new parameters to how it works. Yeah. I, you, if you have a, uh, a vote, which I think you can ma- you have— what, 10 votes, 10 max votes? 10 max. If you should, I don't know. I I don't know if you can say that you have to vote for seven. But if you're voting for two, and, and, and it's crap, there, there's no reason that uh, uh, Griffey should not have been 100% across the board. And the reason is, I know if I'm a voter and you're a voter, I know you're voting for uh, Griffey, which is, this is they've said, well, he doesn't need my vote. That is, like, that's, that's, that's ridiculous to me. Yeah. Because because if you're on there to vote for someone that should be in the Hall of Fame, vote for someone that should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. They don't need my vote. It's the stupidest thing. Griffey should have gotten 100%. Pudge should have got 100%. Yeah. Pudge is the greatest defensive catcher we ever saw. Yep. In my mind. So, I, I, I go back to Lincecum here. <laughs> because we could talk about the Hall of Fame. Maybe we'll do that for a whole show. Yeah. We, we, we want to uh, – we're going to work on our schedules, try to get a couple podcasts up a week eventually here. Yep. Spring training is kind of a slow time. I don't – like we said, we, we we both are busy with running a few things that we do all, you know, beside talking baseball. But still, uh, going back to that, I just do not buy in Lincecum. He had four good years, but they were at the beginning of his career too. Not he got better and then maintained it throughout that this guy was 
you know, what do you have, like a 9 ERA for the Angels last year? Yeah, he's like 2-5, and five, but yeah. I, think, I think he had 9 starts. But, but I, you know, and I, I'm kind of spitballing here um, just because we both kind of, you know, saw what Lincecum uh, did. Do you think that there was something deeper um, injury-wise, health-wise? I, I don't know. That's really hard to say. I think that he was – something had changed, whether that was a mechanical thing had changed – Something slight, maybe he was tipping pitches and didn't realize how bad it actually was. Right. There's there's a few things that goes into that thought process. So, um, I think that there was something that changed probably with the delivery, though. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, we could sit and argue that all sure. day, but I'm not going to agree with you. I don't think the guy's a Hall of Famer. And I think that it was a, a safe sign for the Rangers for the money deal. Yep. And they need bullpen help to compete right now. And yep. they need it bad. And. You know, gotta love Beltre there over at third. That guy just seems like he has fun all the time. Oh yeah, he does. Just don't touch his head. I love, I love watching when they fight about him and uh, Elvis fight over it. Yeah, speaking of, just another spitball here. Um, uh, uh, a player that played in the uh, the Braves and the Cubs organization, local hometown hero here, pitched. Uh, he had told me when he was with the Braves, Elvis Andrews was drafted by the Braves. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, hands down, best teammate he's ever had at any level was Elvis Andrews. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think that's kind of a neat thing to say that superstars are good teammates. I think that yeah. goes above and beyond. Though. Clubhouse so, guy. Clubhouse guy. Those glue guys, guy. The glue, <laughs> the glue guys. Yeah, but they matter. But those clubhouse, man, because when you're away from it, you miss it. Oh, yeah. And maybe not the traveling. So I know, understand some why some guys just, like, I'm getting away from baseball together after they're done. Because, hey, I, I was away from my kids during the young years, you yep. know, for months at a time or weeks at a time that felt, you know, ended up being a long time. Mm-hmm. So I get why, but I also understand, hey, there, there's something special about that that we still wish we could recapture, you know. Yep. The good old days while you're there, somebody tell you, please, so you, you enjoy it a little more kind of feeling. Right. So, yeah, no, I think that's kind of fun. But uh, we could talk this all day, but we need to uh, finish this up. We need to get the uh, call the closer in. Uh, Sure. Let's do it. I'll call in uh, I'll call in the lefty here. Oh, we're going with only the lefty. We're, we're cutting down the closer to one. Okay. So, so bring in the lefty, Jeff. My uh, my uh, call to the closer here to you is what is one band? No, 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 no. We're saving that. We're saving that for curtain call. Okay. Okay. So, so no, what we talked about here. Go ahead. Ask me the question then. All right. You have to Got have a little crossed up. Got a big pitcher in the last 15 years, 20 years. Mm. Since you, how old are you, Jeff? 27? I am twenty-seven. Okay, in the last twenty-seven years, you watched a lot of baseball on TV. Yep. I mean, that's getting into the nineties and stuff. <laughs> the big unit was out. You have one pitcher that you need to start Game Seven. Who do you want, and why? If I have one pitcher to start Game Seven of the World Series, I am taking Pedro Martinez. You're serious? Pe- yes. That's my guy. Was it? Yeah, absolutely. Pedro Martinez to me was. Uh, uh, a bulldog. I think uh, when he was with um, uh, Montreal, I think that you know it, it, it's comparable to a David Ortiz situation when he when Ortiz was with the Twins. Uh, 
didn't really you you saw it same thing with uh, uh Randy Johnson yeah you saw it but at that time he wasn't producing makes the the jump over to the Red Sox and you want to talk about dominant for um, numerous years Pedro Martinez bulldog and and the the moment that I fell in love I was, like I've said numerous times, big Nomar Garcia Parra guy. So I watched a lot of the Red Sox. Saw the Red Sox play at uh, Comiskey. The moment to me that Pedro Martinez, excuse my language, turned into a badass is when he threw Don Zimmer on the ground. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like 2002, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember... And he, and he, I don't mean to cut you off, but he seemed like a good teammate, too. Like, remember when he got taped to the, the oh, pillar? Oh, yeah. Seemed like, and him, he would always do his like thing with Manny Ramirez. Like, to me, there was a lot of characters on that. Team. Oh yeah, that team had so many characters on yep. it. Yeah, but uh, I would go the exact same guy. Yeah, Pedro, I think is one of at times maybe the best pitcher ever. At yeah. times, yeah. there were times where I go, that guy, you just can't beat him. Yeah. He could throw a frisbee up there and then come back <laughs> at you and throw it and hit you. Yeah. And then next at bat, throw the same pitch on the other side of the plate and you might swing at it. He just had so much, like especially when he threw that two seam. Oh my god! Just goodness. so much movement on that man. Like, I mean, he could do it all. Yeah. And short, small frame, small, small frame, frame, but he he threw four or five pitches consistently over the plate, and he didn't hardly miss. I think he's the guy that I'm going, Pedro. Go win me again at bulldog mentality, man. Yeah. I I don't think they're just enough of a screw loose with the guy. Yeah, I think so. Uh, would you would you would you go going farther off that? Just a spitball here. Would you even call him that during his Mets years? Absolutely. I think he was. I it was he was not the same, right? That he was during his prime. That was his last contract. Is how you put those. Yeah. But he was still a solid top end of the line pitcher. Yeah, and I felt so bad for him uh, in that pl- that postseason when uh, Grady Little mm-hmm. walked out. You knew, everyone knew he was making a pitching change. And Pedro tried to be Pedro, and he talked Little out of pulling him, and he got lit up. And I felt terrible for the guy, man. You know, that's a competitor wanting to compete. Sometimes you let aces compete. Sometimes you let them go. So. Yep. I don't know. I, I think Pedro's the guy for me, too. I hate agreeing with you, but, man, I loved Pedro. 2004, I was a senior in high school. I text my friends. Like, I ran up before Unlimited texting. They were $0.10 cents a text, and I was running up bills like $20 for the month. <laughs> and my dad goes, hey, get over here. I need some cash. And I went, what's he talking? Oh, crap. You know, he <laughs> oh, goes, yeah. here, here's your bill. Bring me a, bring me a, a, a fresh... Uh, presidential flashcard here <laughs> so uh he does that but yeah i know that 2004 that was so exciting and, yep. and the yankees going by and aaron boone i mean oh yeah that Off just the field yep that whole time that was that was a really fun age of baseball in my mind so yeah. uh yeah no i i have to agree with you though i want the guy to go win that might be my guy of all time jeff i got a game for us we're gonna play another another show where we're putting our top nine with a budget uh, okay. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, how we you've seen those back yep. in the day on Facebook. Build yep. your whatever. Well, I've got my build of eleven okay. uh, with the DH slash guy that was with the DH, m- of course, 
because the DH should be a, is a position. It's a position right now. That's so true. I'm not saying guys that were straight DH, but um, uh, I think I put like Pete Rose who played four or five positions out sure. there too. You know, guys like that. So right. Uh, yeah, we'll do that another day, another dollar. But yeah, uh, yeah, that was another episode of uh, Baseball Rants. You can follow us on Twitter at Rants Baseball. Well, the uh, updates to the app or Anchor are fantastic. Get on Anchor if you uh, get a chance. Download the app. That's a fun one. And we're on Google Play, Pocket Cast. We're going to eventually get on Spotify here. Yep. Uh, iTunes. So uh, join us. And, uh, you know, we can uh, go ahead and finish this up with the fun fun aspect, Jeff. Uh, we each have a curtain call, and you were so excited that you I, just skipped I, right over our notes here. I uh, I balked on it there. You okay. did balk. Perfect, perfect <laughs> yep. reference. I, I balked on it there. So uh, my, you know, the curtain call this evening is um, what is one band that you what what's one band you would pay any amount of money for to see in concert live front row front row. All right, is this that is touring right now or throughout history? One band, one you have one free pass to any you, band. Like the backstage, you know all. Uh, you know who? Are, who? This is going to shock you a little bit. I saw Metallica last year. Best overall show I've ever seen was sure. Metallica. Yep. Um, for the guys doing it into their fifties, kind of feeling late forties, yep. fifty. Wow. That that might be you know I saw Def Leppard multiple times. I've seen Def Leppard too. Def Leppard put on a show right when we found out we were pregnant with our oldest. Like a week later, we went and saw Def Leppard. Wow. Oh, yeah. Kiss performed after him. Kiss is a, a, an entertainment thing. It's not as much for the music. Yep. We've um, seen. Yeah, I, we, we were together. So, yep, yep. Kiss and Motley Crue. Motley Crue saw, saw Motley Crue. Wasn't Alice a fan. Kid, I wasn't a fan of Motley Crue. I like I like what they are, but I also like what they're not. But. uh <laughs> Uh, I think that the band, this might shock you, the Beatles. Okay. Going back to the prime of the Beatles, um, I would love to see the Beatles live just because uh, later's Beatles, when they had some a little bit, they just did so much. Sure. And they're so revolutionary in a lot of aspects. They're not a rock band, you know, but I think uh, the Beatles would be mine. So. Okay. Um, <clears throat> going off mine, like I said, uh, you know, uh, um, I'm a uh, an alternative yeah. fan. I would love... To see, uh, ran, you know, uh, ironically, the uh, um, Queen Cambria. Oh, we're uh, going to see them this summer. I know. And, I'm and, taking you. And I, 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 I want to see them. I think they're an awesome concept band. Very unique uh, sound. And uh, to me, Queen Cambria, um, I'm, I'm paying big money to see them. We're, we're going to see Coheed this the summer. So, yep. Uh, they, they just announced their tour last week, yep. and I texted you as soon as they were announcing. So. Yep. Metallica announced again. I might yes. see them again, too. Okay, so yeah, yeah. That's next year. They'll be close to our area. My, it, uh, go, one last comment here. My 1B would be Incubus. Oh, yeah. I'm an Incubus fan. Uh, yeah. Uh, nice to know you. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Off the of Morning View album. Yep, yeah. Yep. Uh, I, and what we're going to do, too, is Jeff and I appreciate music and entertainment and stuff. So we're going to bring you some... Our, our intro music's going to be a little... Might be a little coheed here and there. Might yep. be a little bit deeper cuts of things that yep. people might not know. So uh, we, we can talk music all day, but we need oh, to yeah. wrap it up. Um, all right. Well, I'll stay with the music theme then. Would you rather have been a one-hit wonder that everybody knows a cult song type of feel? Or would you rather have been a 
cult following band that's not necessarily as big. Coheed's almost in that aspect a right. little bit, but they tore they tore in a long time. Yep. Or you're the opening act forever kind of feeling because you had two hit singles or right that kind of feeling. Um, I'm this is awesome that you asked this. Other than wanting to be a professional baseball player, I wanted to be a front man for a band so bad. Like I want I want the big stadium. I want a sold out show. I want to I want smoke and and uh fire uh, and, oh and, yeah and I, the work's I, I want it all i want the whole thing i want a big show and i want to do it for 15 years yep my daughter up there if you can catch that is uh <laughs> screaming she probably just got in trouble but uh so you want the big show so you want to be touring still oh yeah you want oh, to yeah. tour for a long time all right yep. um I think I'm going to agree with you on it, but man, having that one hit wonder song, like everybody knows every word to the song. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like that's, that, that's, there's something to be said, you know, yeah. uh, this isn't a, as popular, but I would walk 500 miles. I mean, you know, oh, every yeah. word of that song, yep. Yep. I mean, you, you get, that's like a karaoke classic type of oh, feel. Yeah. So that would be kind of cool to, uh, have one of those, but I think I would want to be the opening band. Like a band I saw open, and they could they would be a great band. Is Shine Down? Not a fan. Okay, but they had enough going on that they were they were good. They were and relevant. So, yeah, mean, they yeah. were relevant, and and they're still going. Yep. So yeah, no, I think I would be the opening band and go for a long time too, and be okay with being the opening band for a, a Metallica if I got a, a good you know. There might not be as many, but people are still going to know the words of the song. Absolutely. So, cool. Another episode of Baseball Rants. Check us out on Twitter, and uh, we'll come back at you next week, and we uh, might have a little uh, fun with that game. Maybe we'll work that into a situation here. Sounds good. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for uh, tuning in. And uh, until next week, this has been uh, 4 Fours. Coach Kilgore at Coach Kilgore 9 on Twitter. I'm at J-H-X-L-I-V. And uh, on Twitter, our baseball rants is at Rants Baseball. Thanks, guys.